0: Hey, everybody, this is PD from Spinnerack. Um, please subscribe and like, dislike, comment, do whatever. Um, we want to know that you guys are out there. So with that said, I'm going to do a review of um, the Star Brand, right? So I'm going to do actually issue 11 and issue 12. This is um, written by. John Byrne with um, breakdowns by Byrne and inks by Tom Palmer. Now, to give you a brief history, Starbrand was actually the brainchild of Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter would um, post after the success of the new universe, Jim Shooter had decided that for Marvel's 25th anniversary, we should create another universe. And ultimately, it was more like he created sort of like vertigo because he did these sort of ground level heroes that I think was supposed to be the world outside your window. They couldn't really do too much because of that edit. So ultimately these books weren't successes and an attempt to revitalize this I think with Mark Grunwall and Tom or um, Howard Mackey, they decided that they would um, try to juice up the, the, the universe and make it totally unlike the world you know, outside our window. So to give you a brief history of the Starbrand, Starbrand is Ken Connell. He also has a best friend who's his, uh, no, it's not really a best friend. It's his friend slash psychiatrist named Myron. He has a couple, he has many girlfriends in there. He has his steady girlfriend, which is Barb, who has a kid. He has his um, jump off, which is Debbie the Duck. Um, and who else? Then there's other random, there's the babysitter, Barb's babysitter, who he's kind of interested in. And he just kind of runs into girls. So there's some casual sex going on in this story. And they, since he's this, you know, yay, he's very tall, I guess, like Shooter, ultimately, Ken Connell has the same same amount of letters in his name as Jim Shooter, so it's interesting, and and he's sort of like the Green Lantern of this series, where he was a, I guess, sort of a common sort of worker guy, but at the same time, um, he gets this power that, um, like, he's a body mechanic, car body mechanic, and he Gets his power by the, from this old man who comes along and hands him the star brand or puts, says take the star brand. Immediately that that he finds that the old man was an alien who dies when he wakes up. Then he gets attacked by these aliens, and um, the star brand sends him back. So, ultimately, um, I believe, in my opinion, Jim Shooter ran out of steam on this series by issue six. Um, the old man comes back and he's threatening, excuse me, he's threatening the life of um, Debbie the Duck, and he does the same thing in issue um, seven. Um, The most interesting part of this story is that um, it's loosely based on Jim Shooter's life. I don't know how real the stories with the girls are, but um, it is said, I think, by John Romita Jr. that there was um, I think when the shooter's girlfriend's called up and said she would sue after he left the title. So, if you um, let's get on to Star Brand number eleven, the eleven and twelve. So, in this issue called Celebrity, we have Deputy Duck here, and we have this costume. Now it's already promoted that Star Brand, who's on the cover in costume, is gonna go public, right? So, David the Duck is kind of pushing him to become a real superhero. Then, of course, she's kind of ditzy. And this is one interesting thing is, is that um, um, John Byrne kept her in character, even though she's showing a little more initiative than she normally does, you know? and. Um, Ken is not with it, but he kind of, you know, he's struggling with money, so he goes see Myron. If you see Myron on the bottom here, it's a nice shot of Myron doing something cool for such a mundane character. But he's kind of like, he doesn't want to deal with Ken Connell, you know. He's his sort of therapist. Now, in the shooter run, um, Ken is kind of iffy on Myron. Because in the shooter run, he's like, uh, he doesn't have much money, so he's getting his therapy, but then he works off stuff over all around um, Myron's house. So he's getting kind of tired of Myron. And at the same time, Myron had a group session where he brought in a former girlfriend of um, Kim Connell. And it sets up that Ken Connell has. Um, Kind of chasing after these girls who, his steady girls, are these women with kids. And he makes relationships with the kids and he kind of moves on to the next thing. So um, he's kind of upset with Myron about that too. So in this one, he's kind of saying that, you know, obviously he called him a loser. You can see it on this page right here, right? You can see that on there. So ultimately, he's kind of trying to kick start King Kyle to possibly, oh, you know, I think it's going to lead to him going public. But in this issue, if you can see, they give a nice overview of what happened before that the old man, everything I said, the old man comes. And this is in my mind when I was reading this as a kid. So I was buying it mainly for Byrne. Um, He, it goes over that he got the star brand, an alien attacked, And then as he goes on, and he tells about what I told you about the with needing the star brand back. Now he goes through the particulars here of the old man saying, no, I can never take back the star brand. And then saying, give me the star brand or else. Uh, so a lot of things covered. Even though you would I think kind of people go through this and say, oh, this info dump. This is actually important because if you've been reading it, It was as if Byrne hadn't tossed away everything that happened. So this goes through and Ken Connell is going back and forth about the old man, the other alien, them never coming back. The old man saying he couldn't take the star brand, but then now he wants it. So a lot of things covered here. And he's like, he doesn't know what to do anymore. So kind of gets to Heavy for for um, Ken, even though he's talking it out with them, but because he, he's you know talking about ego and how he enjoys being in the place, even though he got no money. That he um, people look at him and say, "Oh, he's so smart." Now that's the part that um, I was surprised that Burn really picked up because he was like, he really plays Ken Kim Connell as a um, Ken Connell as someone that's you know. That's fairly smart, right? So he's telling him to sort of go public. And he says, this is the key point in the story, that um, uh, Myron knows. We don't know why he knows, right? And he, of course, sets up that, hey, you know what? Debbie is kind of a um, airhead. And that's the thing, of keeping that character in character. And this is another big subplot here. In this issue, um, she throws up in the in the comic book, right? So he decides to become a real life superhero. He does. He starts saving stuff. Goes public, and ultimately, there's no big. There's not a big enough payoff. They start questioning it. And of course, can this gratification is going to be frustrating for him. And um, ultimately, I didn't want to see how Bernie, um, Debbie, but we didn't get a shot of that. But this is a great shot. She was, was the favorite character in the story, right? So he has the idea. Look at that. He's going to the moon. To the moon. So what's he want to bring back to the Earth? So he goes to the moon, he sees the moon lander, decides, should I take the flag? Nope, anyone can do that. See, he has a full face mask, right? He decides they're gonna take the thing back and ultimately goes visit President Reagan, right? So then you see Burn is actually in the story with Mark Brunwall and Harry Mackey. And they talking about they should do some comic books on the star brand, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on in this issue, and then of course we have this nobody a guy named Peter. He's got he, he's watching the TV. He hears about the superhero, and he immediately figures out who it is. So this guy is like, I'm gonna make him work for me. That says right here. I know who he really is. Going to be working for me. That's what he says. (laughs) So, this issue was, uh, you know, feeling like I finally, it was worthwhile in buying all those issues of, um, I think I bought, I don't know, seven, six issues. I didn't buy issue seven, like a payoff because it kind of cleared up what's going on. Everything that I saw in the book is in here. He did a nice um, recap of everything. So I was good to see that. This was like, this is a classic um, Burn fix an issue. So I was like, oh, this is pretty good, even though it's a lot of talking and this, you know, it didn't seem like it. Now, I didn't know that there was a big beef between um, Burn and Jim Shooter at that time because I wasn't reading any the, the fandom in, um, interviews. I was just like, oh, wow, Byrne's on there. I want to see this mister Fixit Fix-It in play, you know? Cause I, you know, um, came into the Fantastic Four after um, Byrne got there. So this was interesting to see, let's see if his mister Fixit Fix-It powers. So this one, you start to also see John Byrne on pulling up some excellent stuff. So this was cool cover and um, you also have the pit begins. And I've been highlighting what's the pit. And of course, he's in um, Pittsburgh, right? So it's giving you a hint of what this could be. And regretfully, it says, farewell, Pittsburgh, right? So and of course, there's also there's another subplot. We find out that um, go, she goes to Ohio. She, you know, she's not in Pittsburgh right now her real name is Maddie. Now, I'm not sure if this was because of Shooter's girlfriend that they changed the name, but it really, you know, the fact that he calls Debbie the Duck, it kind of it was interesting that she had a real name that um, that um, Ken didn't use. Right. So basically, this issue, when she goes to see her friends here in Ohio, they tell something has already happened. So she has left, she had left town. No, she's going to be revealed in this issue. But this story is told from Deb's perspective. And Deb is kind of an airhead. So it's some of the interesting parts. And then they go through another, because in, in Starbrand, every issue had a recap. So kind of keeping with what Shooter did. So they had the recap, talks about you know that. And then Ken is kind of Professor's love for Debbie, who kind of went crazy before they broke up. But they kind of out of it. So he decided to call Myron. See? And then what's the name? They're having this conversation, this airhead and this um, this um, this therapist and they're talking about it. And she understands Ken too, which is been very interesting. And she comes up with, um, should go public. So she, this is a great part that even though she's an airhead, um, she kind of is the first person to kind of think of what he should do to get him out of his doldrums and reach his, reach his full potential. So then she also finds out that she's pregnant. Now, this part here was in a lot of times in the 80s and in comic books in the 80s. People were finding out that their girlfriends or the female characters in the book were pregnant and they nobody knew how it happened. They were just like, these guys are having sex and nobody knew that people could get pregnant. So, and it's all from Debbie's perspective. So she's like, the next couple of weeks were about the most frustrating in my life. He said, I wanted to tell Kenny the news, but he was all playing here all the time. Finally I, managed to, to, I, finally, I managed to convince him to stay at home, and I cooked him my best meal. He says, best grilled sandwiches in the world. <laughs> so uh, I really cracked up by that. And then he tells her, that, she, that she's pregnant, and he says he's not the father. And he's like, oh, you're trying to trap me. Pretty low, pretty low. And then she storms off, and that's when she leaves the story, right? So I want to stop there for just a second, because one of the, Oh, my is there again. Yeah. Anyway. Because this is something that, when I was growing up, Guys would would tell guys, oh, someone's trying to, you know, they're trying to trap you, this, that, and the other. And that's the thing of a jock sort of thing. So this is an outside of Ken Kamel. At this point, he's uh, feeding his ego, being a superhero. But at the same time, now, since he's reaching his potential, he feels like, as a jock, he's an alpha. He doesn't have to be tied down. And he's never wanted to be tied down by Debbie. So we have to remember that was very positive. Not a positive for him, but it's very positive portrayal of how, like, keeping in line. So let me clear that up. I'm sorry. So since they broke up, we go back to regular time, right? And I go to Comic Con, and I guess this is what, Pittsburgh. Burns, someone asks him about the X-Men and he kind of loses it. And Starbrand shows up. Starbrand goes to the Comic-Con and Starbrand talks to the comic creator saying, you guys, um, kind of the first to believe in me. So then they have a talk. They say his costume's kind of iffy and I can figure out all this stuff. And then, kind of the old man shows up. So it's a nice dramatic splash page And we have a nice brawl between the old man and Starbrand. They're going at it. Then, of course, we start to see when he uses the full power, he's already turning into the alien look right here. And he says he's going to kill the Starbrand. At the same time, here's a subplot where Peter is going in there and he's like, but at the same time, it was only a MacGuffin. So I was interested in the subplot, seeing how it played out, and I got tricked. And Myron sees this too. And then, of course, we see a monster looking like character come up to Myron. Who knows Myron? And then, of course, an ad for it. So I'm going through this little... So Ken Carmel's normal. And he's like, what? He said, no. I I actually became that. You, you, you tell me you became that. So he explained the whole history of the old man. The thing of when he died, he actually, you know, turned into this sort of monster. And that kind of was tough on his ego. Well, he didn't say it was tough on his ego. He didn't like the internal monster. So he created the first white event. And then he comes and passes it off. And then his idea is that he needs to get rid of it. So Myron has an idea, hey, you could try to put it onto this thing and you can, you know, After you get up, give up the power. You can, you come back and be normal. So he decides to go fly up, really far away, away from any danger. But he didn't fly up high enough, and that's issue eleven and twelve. So, ultimately, a lot of people look at that and say, "Oh, how could he do that to Shooter's book?" But it's like Ken Connell was a guy who, in trying to hide his star brain, put it on his head and had a bald spot of the star brain. So he's inclined to do stupid stuff, and he would leave guns around. He's not. He's a smart, dumb guy in that setup. And he's not the best character. It's something that Mark Grunwald also pointed out. If you look in comics interview, he did say that too. So, but for me, when I was reading it, I didn't know anything about the behind the scenes. I was reading it and I was like, wow, this book is finally picked up. It's finally paying off after all that time of nothing. And it seemed like it was in line with what Shooter came up with. So it didn't feel like I was throwing out all my other issues. So ultimately, this didn't save the Star Brand. It ended on issue 19. Some nutty person put 19 issue miniseries. But um, ultimately, those first two issues were some of the best stuff. So still a fan of Canon Connell. I was a fan of Myron, and of course um, Debbie. Who's now Maddie, but ultimately it died out with the rest of the new universe. But it was a nice effort, and I enjoyed that for as long, especially the Ken Conner moments after that. And ultimately, um, what else is there? No, I guess that's it. But it's interesting. But well, you have to read it as is. You have to really read the first run by Shooter, and then you read the Burn issues. And you'll see it's right in line that Ken Connell is not the greatest guy. He, you know, kind of um, love him and leave him type. He's more of, um, you know, puts time in. Then, of course, he moves on. So he's not, I think Shooter, I guess, was trying to lead him to slowly become a hero. But ultimately, I like that he sort of kept Ken Connell in his kind of same personality instead of trying to grow this guy who's in his like mid-30s or something like that, or early 20s or something like that. I'm not sure what it is. So um, you should check it out. With these two issues, even though they're not worth much of anything, yeah, you could buy them in probably the so-called quarter bins, which is actually dollar bins now. So I guess that's it. Spin Rack out.